I'm Lilith Black, and this is the fourth episode of Ghost Town Killer. I'm searching for my sister's murderer. I have three things to tell you about Corporal Donovan McKenzie. He got married young to a woman named Heather and had a daughter, but that did not go well for him. I'm going to bring us back over two years. Welcome to the highest rated show on the airwaves, Voice of Fort Macbeth. I am your host, Tiffany Harp, and today I come to you with a very, very sad story. Here with me is local police corporal Mackenzie. There's a big issue in this community, and nobody wants to talk about it. Everybody goes out drinking and driving, but it isn't right. And they don't give a second thought to it. Okay, there's real consequences to actions. Yes. I have always supported tough laws, the sort that have avoided this tragedy. I can only imagine, what has this been like for you? And as a cop, it's my job to help everybody. But sometimes, things don't work out like that. I tried to get them out of the car in time, but they were stuck. And I didn't get there, and I couldn't help them. And Heather asked me not to work so late all the time. And if I had listened, and if I had listened, then they wouldn't have been out there that night. It's not your fault, Donnie. The drunk driver made the very bad choice to get behind the wheel. And second, I'm going to bring us back over three weeks right after my sister's murder, when I went over to Donovan's to get help. It's first thing in the morning. I figure he's asleep. I try the door. It's... Unlocked. I let myself in. I can't find him in the house. He's not in bed. He isn't here. When I come down the stairs, I notice the sound of a car running in the garage. Donovan's lying on the floor. His garage is full of car exhaust. I open up the garage door and air the room out. <sighs> Donovan wakes up. <coughs> Heather? Sweetheart, where are you? I'm not your wife. Chelsea, what are you doing here? Donovan tries to stand. There's been a... Uh, sorry. <coughs> are you okay? Oh, yeah. I was working on the garage door. It wasn't opening. I must have slipped. My teenage years were rough, and I am no stranger to suicide. I even tried a couple of times. And this, to me, looks like a botched suicide. The car running, the fumes, what else could it have been? And third, recently Donovan let me record this ghost story of his, and he asked me not to include it in the podcast, but I'm going to break my promise due to the circumstances. Okay, we're going. Now, Donovan, please tell me your favorite ghost story. I don't have a favorite ghost story yet, because I only have one. You know, before it happened, I, I would have said I'd never believe in ghosts. And I still don't. I don't know. It's going to sound stupid, but... You now it's the morning. I'm at home, in the empty house. It's been a rough week saying goodbye to some really great cops at the station who are being transferred. Next thing you know, I'm the only one left. It just hits me real hard, and because my house feels empty, the station feels empty, you know? That night, I play some music, something classical, just to fill the emptiness. 
open a bottle of whiskey, find some old photo albums, look at the pictures of my wife, my kid. It's when I remember a happier time. But it doesn't work. It just makes me feel more alone. And then I hear something. It's a sound coming over the music from the garage. I stop the record, it's still there. It's the sound of laughter. It's faint, but I hear it. I realize this sounds crazy, but it sounds like my wife and daughter. I can hear them, but it can't be them. They both died in a motor vehicle accident years ago. They're dead. But I follow the sound of their laughter into the garage. I turn on the light and the laughing stops. No one's in the garage. I look everywhere. I feel pretty messed up at this point. I think about closing the police station. I, I think about having to move to a new town. I think about having to sell the house, all the memories. I don't want to forget them. I get into the car, I put the key into the ignition. I sit, I think, and then I decide I want to see my family again. So I start the car. Slowly, the garage fills with exhaust. Close my eyes, take deep breaths. Soon I hear a whisper in my ear. Donovan, I open my eyes and I turn to the passenger seat and there sitting next to me is my wife. God, her smile is beautiful. And I say, Heather, I'm coming to see you. I tell her how much I miss her. She says back, Donovan, I love you, and one day we'll be together, but it can't be today. There are people who need you. There are people out there who need your help. She vanishes. And then just then, I hear the banging on the garage door. I don't know, I think I tried to get out of the garage, but I fell. Next thing I remember is you, Lilith Black. I wake up and you're standing over me. Tell me your sister's been murdered. That you need my help. I heard about Rick's brother. Yeah. He's in a coma. Ah. Uh, suicide. He didn't want the town to die. I didn't want the town to die. It's been tough to make the mine work. And I assume this murder case has scared away any buyers. My brother hasn't come to visit me. He's talking to me through the lawyers. It's, it's so frustrating. Have you talked to him? Is he helping you? Yeah, I, I don't know how to tell you this, Lucy. He's not. No, I think it's because I'm related to Rick, even if it's only by law. He didn't want me looking into any of this either, so I stopped talking to him. Things with the Oregon guy didn't go over so well. My lawyers aren't really impressed. I'm sorry. I thought I was helping you. I'm just looking for the truth. Can you please ask Jia to talk to me? I'll try. Hello? Jia, it's Lilith. You're still looking into the case. 
My sister's lawyers are pissed at you. They were building a reasonable doubt with the Oregon trafficking thing. I just want to know what happened to my sister. You think the truth matters in a trial like this? The important part is that people have doubt. I told you to leave it alone and the lawyers would get her off these charges. Lucy said she wants you to come and visit. F funny enough, when you're running a mine and your business partner is in jail, it leaves a lot of work on your plate. And what's not funny is the way people look at you when your business partner is a murderer. They don't want anything to do with you. Murder is a real buzzkill. I'm just asking. I know she really wants to see you. <sighs> Look, I'll see what I can do. On my way back to visit Donovan, I run into Tiffany, the voice of Fort Macbeth. She's carrying a huge bouquet of flowers. I think our reunion got off on the wrong foot. Are those for Donovan? For his room, yes. It's so sad. He was a good cop. Don and I spoke many times. I worked tirelessly with police to keep the whole town from falling apart. He'll be missed. He's not dead. Uh, yes. Well, let's hope for the best then. You know, Lilith, I'm reminded so much of myself when I hear your work. That is, if you replace figure skating with ghosts. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty much twins. We love show business. I'm just looking for the truth. I'm not trying to show off. Well, if you didn't want to show off, you wouldn't be recording this right now. Hmm. I remember watching you skate. I was really good. Almost the best. You won a medal for that, right? Being almost the best? Yes. I skated at the Olympics for everyone in Fort Macbeth, and frankly, I don't think the town would have survived this long if it wasn't for all the attention. I had never heard Fort Macbeth mentioned on TV before we watched you at the Olympics. <laughs> it... It made me feel like I could leave the town. And you did. You left us all behind. You're lucky, though, you come from a thriving, welcoming place that will always be here for you. If you say so. I can't handle seeing Donovan in the state he's in. Can you bring these to him? All right, Tiff. And if you ever need anything, call me. Here's my card. Who are the flowers for? Someone getting married? Donovan. Can you stop hugging me? No. Are you suffocating me? I'm so happy you're alive. Thank you. I'm also happy I'm alive. The doctors say it's a miracle. I bring up the suicide video he emailed me. It wasn't me who sent you the suicide video. Well, I made the video a few days ago, but I didn't send it. So you were going to kill yourself, just not that day? Well, have you ever written an angry letter and then you never sent it? No. Well, you should try it. I swear to you, I didn't send it. I went to bed and I woke up in the hospital. So, someone must have gassed you in your sleep and sent the video from your computer. Let me guess. No password? I live alone. Someone wants you dead. Lucy's in prison, so it can't be her. 
Because a rich person hiring a hitman to kill someone is unheard of, yeah. I still don't think it's her. Actually, neither do I. Who was it then? Amanda's killer. It's back to the drawing board. I get the team together. The whiteboard's in there, Tadashi. If you think that Lucy is being framed, let's explore that theory. What makes you think that? The missing organs don't make any sense. Why would Lucy take them? If Lucy has been framed, then we can assume that all of the evidence pointing to her might be a fabrication. Then what can we assume about the evidence that points away from her? That it's the only real evidence we have. How did the organs disappear? Someone took them. Your account of the crime suggests that you interrupted the murderer. Wait, we still all think it's a ghost, right? Let's pretend the hotel was dark and Lilith actually saw a person that vanished instead. There wouldn't be much time to take the organs. And if that is the case, then when else could the organs have been taken? The autopsy. The coroner. Yes. Something to look into. Now, if this is a setup, what else would the killer have to do in order to set up Lucy? Get the murder weapon. And they would have to know she was leaving town. So what does that mean about our killer? They must have been close enough to know Lucy's movements and about the hatchet. So it could be someone at the house. Now we have two leads to follow up on. This mysterious member of the Fu's household. And the coroner. We decide to split up. Donovan is looking into who had access to the murder weapon. While Tadashi and I track down the coroner. The coroner serving Fort Macbeth is a local guy. I have his address. His father very recently passed away. He was the coroner's only relative and a doctor. The coroner and his dad were very close, almost like best friends. The dad had late stage cancer. They lived together at the end and his dad had a long and painful death. Looks like the coroner took it pretty hard. Do you know him? Small town strikes again. Uh, no, social media. Dug around on there, and now I feel like I know him better than I know myself. He loves Thai food, the color orange, and he needs to be more careful with his spelling. Ha! The truth is out there. Some facts about this part of the story have been changed to protect the coroner's true identity. The celebration of life for the coroner's father is tomorrow at the local bar, the Canary. I decide to put on my best black dress and be a funeral crasher to try and speak with the coroner. Tadashi figures that a police officer is going to spook him, and I agree. I look better in black than Tadashi does anyway. The funeral is a small gathering in the back room of the bar of mostly older guests. The coroner's eulogy for his father is short and heartfelt. I was right. They were close. I approach him at the event. I slowly work up the courage to ask him about my sister. After we both finish a few drinks, when I bring it up, 
he goes white as a sheet. He gives me a long, troubled stare. He tells me we'll talk when the event is over. I hope you appreciate how screwed up this is. But I'm risking talking with you. He wants to remain anonymous, therefore his voice has been distorted. Has someone been threatening you? I was blackmailed. Do you know what happened to my sister's organs? I do. What happened to them? I took them out of the body during the autopsy and gave them to my blackmailer. Who was the blackmailer? I don't know. I really don't. It was all anonymous. I received a message saying that I was to take the organs and hand them over. And if I didn't follow through, they would tell my dad everything. And now that's no longer a concern? I am sorry for what I did. I am not proud of it. I had a habit and some contacts in pharmaceuticals. I was able to obtain opioids. At first just for myself, but... Then I needed more money and started selling on the side. I had it worked out with some other guys and, well, I just got roped into it. We found the cutter from Ivan's phone. At least, that's my guess. But I don't want to frighten him, so I don't mention it. The blackmailer said they would tell everyone about my drug issues. Why talk to me now? My dad was really sick and on his deathbed when the blackmailer made their threats, and I, I couldn't live with my father knowing what I'd done. Not so close to the end of his life. We all have secrets, right? I, I, I didn't want him to die thinking I was any less of a good son or a good person. All I was asked to do was to take some organs during an autopsy. So I did it. So many cadavers passed through the morgue. A dead body cannot miss its organs. You can't really steal from a corpse. It's easy to forget. They were people. No, I've heard so much about your sister in the news. That body was not a Jane Doe. She has a name. It's Amanda Summers. For Amanda's sake, can you tell me anything about the blackmailer or what they did with my sister's organs? It could be anyone's guess. They could have eaten them for all I know. I heard you were dead. Well, I'm not a ghost. Are you sure? I hear Fort Macbeth has a problem with those. I was actually almost murdered. I think the person who did it murdered Amanda. It wasn't me. I have a good alibi. I'm in prison. I teamed up with Lilith. If you're being framed, then the real murderer must have taken the hatchet from your place. Forgive me if I don't trust you, since the last time we talked, you were arresting me at a charity event. Lucy, I'm, I'm trying to get you out of here. You help me help you. Please, just tell me who else besides your brother knows where the hatchet's kept. We don't keep a big staff. They've worked for us for so long, they're practically family. Even family can surprise you. Tiffany's SUV is parked outside the large Foo House on their rounded driveway. Just as Donovan is arriving, Tiffany is leaving. 
I'm so happy to see you looking so well, Don. Thank you for the flowers. You came all the way out here to thank me? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing out here? I just had a talk with Jiafu. Honestly, Don, he's not a good man. He just doesn't care about Fort Macbeth. But I'm not giving up. I'm going to save this town and your job along with it. Hey, I heard you pulled some strings to get some officers back out here. I, I appreciate that. You know, it's been overwhelming. Just doing my part to see justice done. Do you think Lucy might be innocent? Well, I'm waiting to see what Lilith comes up with. The press has not been kind to our family. I'm glad the mine workers accepted the offer and we can get back to work. You're still selling the mine? Well, I'm not in as much of a hurry to do that as Lucy was. You know, the drama has scared off the buyers anyways. The lawyers keep telling me to stop Lilith, and here you are, helping her. Did you know about your sister and Amanda being a thing? <laughs> no, but if she had told me, I would have warned her a situation like that does not have a good ending for anyone involved. And time seems to have proved my point, don't you think? Well, I caught the mayor outside. Does, does Tiffany come around here a lot? Oh, she comes around when she wants something. Right now, she's trying to talk us out of selling the mine that is not for sale and to pay the miners more with money that we don't have. Tiffany comes in and expects the world to bend to her. She can't accept that some things are outside of her control. Lucy said you don't talk to her. She's caused a great deal of stress in the family. They don't like lesbians or women who break up marriages, so, well, you can imagine where my sister currently stands with them. Yes, but how do you feel about your sister? I... I wish I had spent more time in Fort Macbeth and got to know her more. I do regret not being around with her and my dad, but, you know, you can't live two lives at once. I wish she didn't make everything so difficult and had been more honest. She is, in some ways, a stranger. We believe that Lucy may have been framed by someone who has access to the hatchet. So, someone like me. Well, did you? Ever since coming back to Canada, I have been accused of many things. Rick thought that I was having sex with his wife. Tiffany thinks I'm trying to destroy the town. And the price of coal on the international market also seems to be my fault. I am the scapegoat for a lot in Fort Macbeth. The only reason I was surprised when my sister was arrested for the murderer is because I was expecting them to come for me. Where did Lucy keep her axe? The one your father gave her? It was stored in the shed. Did anyone see Lucy use it? But everyone saw Lucy chop wood. She was always showing off with it to look tough. And what about the people that work here? Everyone who works here, well... Lucy would say that they are like family. I had been away for so long that they didn't feel like that to me, but I would be surprised if it was one of them. Who works here? Um, well, there's Janice, our housekeeper, Timothy, our driver slash handyman, and Leonard, our gardener, but he just stopped here. He runs a plow in the winter, and my father hired them all. He was a good judge of character. No way. I follow up on all leads. It is an explanation for the missing organs. Yeah, but cannibals? The coroner was joking about that. 
In all of my years working in homicide, I have only personally come across one cannibal killer. <clears throat> I'm following. Cannibalism is not as rare as you might think, even here in Canada. Recently, you had Luca Magnotta, and back in the 70s, there was Dale Nilsson. Even Robert Picton may have turned his victims into food. This just keeps getting weirder. Do you remember a murder that happened uh, at a lake outside Prince George? A young woman was drowned. Wait, then the murderer ate parts of the body, right? I was brought in to consult on the case. Eventually, the killer was found mentally unfit to stand trial and was sent to a psychiatric hospital. One for the criminally insane? No, there's no such place. He was found to have schizophrenia, and after spending six years in the hospital, he was released back into the public. No. With no conditions. Wow. Has he drowned and eaten anyone else? Not that we know of. He moved away from Prince George and guess where he settled? <sighs> the creepiest place in Canada. The Valley of the Ghosts. How close is Cannibal Guy? He lives around Wilson Creek Falls. Remote, but close. You think he was involved in the murder of my sister? He changed his name to Leonard. He's the only cannibal I know of within driving distance of the murder. <clears throat> check, check, check. Uh, this is Donovan, uh, Corporal Donovan McKenzie. Leonard did not answer the phone. I did have his address, so I, I, I'm driving towards his place. He lives 20 kilometers off the highway. It's been a, a long drive. Okay, uh, uh, <clears throat> this is Corporal Donovan McKenzie again. I'm approaching Leonard's place now. It's a small log cabin. The snow plow is parked next to the building. There's a little bit of snow on the ground. Hello, Leonard! Leonard! Please. Man, I just wanted to ask you some questions. So he's not answering. Uh, I'm gonna go around back and see if he's there. Uh, okay, I think he's got a fire going on in the back here. It smells like barbecue. The sign says no trespassing. We're on our way to visit the cannibal killer. How much longer? Soon. The GPS isn't working anymore. You know what the thing is about people who live in the middle of nowhere? They spend a lot of time driving. <laughs> they didn't move out here because they like visitors. Sit down. I'm sorry to interrupt your dinner. I'm only here to ask you some questions. There's no need to point a gun at me, sir. If you were just asking questions, why do you have a gun holstered there? Oh, well, I am a cop. I'll put my gun down if you do. Deal? I'm gonna put my gun down on the ground right now. Don't shoot. 
Thank you. <laughs> uh, what are you eating? It smells great. Barbecued heart. You should really try it. Whose heart? Deer's heart. Yeah, I'll pass. Do you work for the Fu family? You came all the way out here to talk about gardening? That's bullshit. I'm investigating a murder. Many cultures say that once you eat something, you gain its power. Don't you want the strength of a deer? Well, the deer wasn't strong enough to get away. You think I murdered that poor girl? I'm not accusing anyone of anything. Mm -hmm. I will answer all of your questions, officer. On the condition that you come for a walk with me. Up to the waterfalls. Here is a recording from the police files, dating back nine years, when Tadashi interviewed the cannibal killer about the murder. It's a bright summer day in the interior. A few families are enjoying the beach on a serene lake. And you pick a complete stranger, this young woman who is out in the water swimming, and decided to drown her? Why? I was told by the devil that I must kill it. Why did the devil want this young woman to die? If I didn't kill it, it was gonna kill me. It was not a woman. It was an evil demon sent from hell to attack me. I had to stop it. And what did you do to that woman's lifeless body after you drowned her? Not a woman, detective. It was a demon. I had to kill it to get its powers. It needed to be stopped. The devil said its head had to be chopped off to stop it from hurting the others. I saved everyone. When did you stop doing the gardening at the foods this season? Same as every year, the first snowfall. So the night of the murder? Yeah, I guess so. Are you sure you're not trying to suggest something, boss? No, I'm just confirming. Does the food garden get a lot of visitors? Not as many as it should. Did you ever see anyone out of the ordinary hanging around the food property? What if I had? What are you looking for? We wanted to know if anybody was around the tool shed, specifically. And if there was? Could you identify them? Maybe. But I sometimes have a pretty bad memory. Anything I could do to jog it? Could you offer me protection? Yeah, I think so. I need better than you think. What kind of protection are you looking for? I need to be safe. No matter what I tell you, I need a guarantee. Okay. So you drowned and decapitated a woman to stop her from hurting you? It was going to kill everyone, even you, detective. You owe me. I did a great service to us all by doing the devil's work. Did the devil say why this had to happen? The devil's will. The water helped to purify the soul before dying. It needed to release the heavy weight of sin that the demon carried. I had to baptize it. Test. We needed to know if it was a pure of heart enough to go to the other side. The demon passed the test. What did you do after you finished drowning her? I began to feast from her flesh as the devil commanded. Why did the devil tell you to eat her? The devil works in mysterious ways. I saw someone around the tool shed that night. 
could have taken that hatchet. Excuse me, I need to get this. Hello? Donovan, I wanted to check. Hello? Can you hear me? Sorry, I can't hear you. You're cutting out. Where are you, Donovan? I'm at the Wilson Creek Falls, talking to the Foos Gardener. Oh, Tadashi and I are headed out there right now. The coroner admitted that he took the organs and gave them to an anonymous source. And remember that cannibal killer at Prince George a few years ago? Yeah, I remember that. It's brutal. What about it? He was found unfit to stick trial. For schizophrenia, released. He moved to Wilton Creek Falls and changed his name to. Lilith, I can't hear you. Hello? Lilith, hello? Sorry about that. So do you know who it was to take the hatchet? Get me to a safe place and my memory could see some improvements. What would you do if the devil asked you to give someone else the test? I would do it. I'd give the test. I'm not sure you should be listening to anyone telling you to hurt other people. It's all for the greater good, detective. The devil wanted you to kill the woman in front of all these people at the lake? That's for the greater good? I cannot control when and what the devil says. Cannibalism has a long history in the world and is almost always symbolic. Whether it's drinking the pretend blood of Christ in a church or eating parts of your enemy tribe, it always means something about power. We can guarantee your safety if you tell me what you know. One more thing. Yeah. Do you have any regrets, officer? Anything you wish you could change from your past? Yeah, I do. Let me purify your soul. <laughs> and how do you plan on doing that? A baptism. Into the water and wash everything away. The water looks freezing. It is purifying. I carried with me a heavy past. Things that I wish I could forget. It took a baptism to wash enough of it away for me to continue. I come back to shore, Leonard. Leonard! I spent a long time thinking that I should be killed for what I had done, but it helped me. I didn't have to carry so much with me anymore. It was hard to move. This is ridiculous. Come back to shore. I need you to have a pure heart before I tell you this, because this information is too heavy for one to be burdened to begin with. I have been told that you need to come and join me in the water, officer. It's a test. I think you are going to pass. Uh. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Let go of your past, come in, and let your burden wash away. Okay, I'm gonna turn the recorder off and join Leonard in the water. <laughs> <laughs>